Hello, welcome to another episode of Optics Talk. Um, so this week we are talking about e-commerce. Whether you're already selling online or you're thinking about starting, e-commerce has never been a more important tool. So in this conversation, we'll be talking about the best tactics and the best techniques to utilise to make the most of your offering, um, or really how to start out uh, if you haven't done e-commerce before. So joining us is Ben Rotheray, who is an e-commerce strategy guru, now working for The Value Engine, which is his own business, as well as Becky, myself, and um, Crystal from the Optics team. Hope you enjoy. Okay, I think we'll assume that we're live then. Um, we've got a couple of minutes uh, until we fully kind of kick off. So um, let's just see how we are, shall we, while people join us. Um, so uh, Crystal, how are you today? I'm really, really good. Um, it's lovely to see you today, Becky, and it's lovely to see Ben. I'm so pleased that we've got a guest today um, joining us. Um, we think we've had a couple of chats preparing for this, and it's and it's just nice to meet somebody who's got another perspective to add to the mix. Um, and then um, for anyone who doesn't know Ben, um, we have got Ben Rotheray joining us. Um, how are you, Ben? I'm good, thank you. The sun is shining, and yeah. I'm looking forward to doing this. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm just watching the time. I don't want to start talking about the really juicy stuff and no one's here yet. Um, <laughs> if I got my show off my puppy. No, he's fast asleep. During lockdown. Sorry, Chris, we'll say that again. Talk about e-commerce. What's the most interesting thing you've purchased during lockdown? I know a lot of people. Oh, I don't know. Ben, do you, have you got an answer for that? Oh, that's a good one. I was just thinking it's, about that. Yeah, I'm thinking months. about mine. I've done a lot of lockdown online shopping. It's getting a bit of a problem. I'll tell you what <laughs> did happen. It's interesting. I, so I had an old mountain bike in my garage, which just was not getting used. And I put it up on Facebook. I mean, like, it just went wild. I must have had like 50 people trying to buy it off me. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it was crazy. So I, I sold something lockdown. Very that's good. Gone. Uh, and I, I think um, every day a new parcel or something seems to come for the children. I just see it on my Amazon account. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> my husband decided that he, that he wanted to order a skate ramp. Um, okay. so, <laughs> so we've now got a half pipe in the back garden and that's what he ordered on the internet. <laughs> that is really cool. I know he's very excited about it. it. It does it does make me feel very Californian when it's sunny and then they're yeah. skateboarding and I'm sat in the back garden. Please don't let my six year old know you can buy that online. Otherwise, <laughs> serious, serious trouble. It's crazy. It came flat packed. It was it had like numbers on it and little and pre drilled holes. It was basically mm -hmm. yeah. I mean IKEA could start selling skate ramps. Who knows. <laughs> Really I think my rather than my best lockdown purchase, my most ridiculous lockdown purchase, um, I bought a paddling pool for my dog. <laughs> um, I was concerned about him in the heat and I just thought, you know, you gotta do these things sometimes. I'm I'm that person now. <laughs> and does was the dog grateful for the paddling for pool? Did, no, did... he hates it. Oh. <laughs> Uses it as a giant giant drinking bowl and that's it. Oh. Words. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him off later. Discuss um, the matter. I've tried sort of lifting him up and just throwing him in it, but he's not very interested to be honest. <laughs> well he does love a swim. Maybe maybe you can convince him another day. Yeah, he likes to swim in the sea, so I'm sure he'll get used to it. Um right, so we are two minutes past eleven now and um, we've got a couple of people joining us online that's great so um i think let's kind of start talking um about the good stuff so um hi everyone thanks for joining us um we are talking about e-commerce today um so we have picked this topic um probably for a couple of reasons but um mainly because we've seen that obviously with the current situation and what's going on with the world um so many more people are needing to either start selling online or sell more online because their physical shops um aren't actually able to open um although they now are very exciting um <laughs> so 
Um, yeah, we've got Crystal joining us um, to kind of talk about a technical SEO standpoint. Um, and then Ben is joining us to talk about um, strategy and positioning. Um, and then although I normally kind of just host these um, and offer my uh, thoughts when relevant. <laughs> um, today, um, I'm actually able to uh, join in a little bit more, I think, um, because in my previous life, um, I worked with a lot of e-commerce clients. So um, yeah, I'll be able to um, input a little bit as well. So um, should we start off? Um, do you want to tell us a bit about um, your kind of background with e-commerce and the kinds of things that get you going? Sorry, Beck, you're talking to me. My my internet froze for a second. Oh, you can go go on, Ben. I don't mind. My internet froze for a second. I came back and, and just come came on that. No, Crystal, you go first, and I can I can follow. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, yeah. So I am a I work at Optics. Um, I have my Optics Solutions water bottle. Um, here to be hydrated in all this heat. Um, and I am the um the senior seo um seo uh, no the senior digital strategist at, at um at optic solutions and um i work with quite a few e-commerce clients on various different platforms so i work with clients on um bespoke platforms and i do a, quite a lot on shopify um and one of the things that i that i really enjoy about e-commerce is that there's such a direct link for seo so it's very clear um, it's, there are very, very clear uh, goals and there's very clear results with us with SEO. So you can say, you know, we did this key, we, we, you know, updated this page for these keywords. And then you can see that 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 traffic has, has you know, relates directly to to sales for for products, which I think is really fantastic. Um, so I've done a lot of stuff with SEO uh, for e-commerce and also I've done some PPC for e-commerce. So including search and display. Um, YouTube and also for um, for Google Shopping, which is a really really good uh, uh, channel for for people, particularly for sort of apparel. Um, I've I've and I've also helped to sort of um, give people strategy on using using uh, a certain social media for for um, for e-commerce. Um, the the best the best venues for for um, social media e-commerce are probably Facebook and Instagram. Um, uh, however, within optics, I tend to defer that to more, <laughs> to more seasoned professionals in that particular field because Facebook and Instagram are their, are their own sort of, sort of, um, elements. Um, but I think that right now e-commerce is, is a fantastic thing. And though I think a lot of the shops are opening up, the, the amount of footfall that shops are able to, to take at the moment is going to mean that e-commerce is still really, really important, um, in the, in the next, the next few months for and and going forward so i think that um any business that has any product should be looking at e-commerce right now um and whether it's to improve their e-commerce or to get involved yeah definitely i mean i think um we'll probably see as the shops start to open there's going to be quite a lot of people that don't want to go even though they can um so yeah you still need to try and reach those customers um ben your turn. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you are related to e-commerce. Okay, so my name is Ben Wotherite and I'm the founder of a business called The Value Engine. And we help companies maximize their visibility, improve their customer engagement and to use those digital tools to stay lockdown proof. And in terms of e-commerce, you know, I've, I've, I've always been involved with digital. A recent project I worked with um, a local business and we went from nothing to create a seven-figure turnover e-commerce business and I do that by making sure that you're talking to the right customers with the right message your brand is massively important so it needs to be high impact it needs to engage and then customers need to be able to connect with you and have that have, have that journey with you and there's a huge opportunity with e-commerce to actually take cost out of your business reducing the, the cost to serve and create new and differentiated, 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 get there in the end, offers. So yeah, that's a bit about me. Thank you. Um, and then I'll just do a little tiny bit about me. Um, so um, yeah, it, within Optics, um, I am mostly involved with e-commerce from a point of view of speaking to e-commerce businesses about how we might be able to help them. Um, but previously, I was an account manager on e-commerce projects, um, working with quite big uh, national brands, 
um, such as boohoo.com, uh, the National Trust shop, um, Little UK. Um, so yeah, quite a few different industries within e-commerce there um, that I've had uh, touch points with. Um, so when we've kind of talked about how to structure this conversation, um, we kind of want to try and focus on a bit of um, the the journey of a customer, perhaps, or the life cycle of a customer. Um, so I think that kind of brings us starting with um, Ben's area of expertise. So um, when you are, whether you're kind of um, starting out in e-commerce or whether you've already got e-commerce going, but it's not quite performing how you like, um, Ben will always return to strategy and positioning um, and, like you said, who you're selling to. Um, ben, do you want to tell us a little bit about that process and the kinds of things that people could think about? Yeah, for sure. So I think the first thing is if you're thinking about doing e-commerce, you have to understand who you're talking to and you have to do something better because it's really hard. If you're going up against Amazon selling the same project, it costs a lot of money to get traffic. It costs a lot of money to get engagement. So you have to do something different or serve a very particular group of customers. So I sp spoke about the, the example I did with my previous business. That was an online van racking business. So it was a very tradesman. It was a specific group of customers. And we had a design and build tool where those customers could design their, their solution. And that was unique. And we offered something which was unique. So I think kind of is thinking, who are you going to serve and what can you do unique? And that uniqueness could be the way you do it with smart tools, such as a design and build tool, or it could be a very specific group, which maybe have a passion which you can engage with, or you might be serving a specific community in terms of location or something like that. So I think that's that's one of the keys. The other thing is, um, if you're building a brand, on e-commerce, it takes time because customers have to get trust uh, before they choose to spend with you. Now, obviously, this depends. If you're selling something at £10, you need less trust than at £2,000. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would say, uh, picking up on, on Becky's point, the great thing about e-commerce is data. You have so much data. So you don't have to work on, I think it could be, you can go in and you can drill down into that data and then you can come up with ideas. And at that point, and this is exactly what Becky did in her previous role, you can test, you can try something, see if, see if it works. And it's amazing how much your development teams time you say. And I think you know, the other point I remember is, you know, whatever you sell online, it's only as good as the delivered promise. So really love your fulfillment team. Those guys are so important. Talk to them, understand what's happening appreciate what they do they work so hard to deliver for you and i think the other thing i would say is find the experts obviously you know people at optex um it's easy to say do you know what we're going to do everything in-house we're going to do our own ppc we're going to do our own seo we go do our own page optimization and what you do is working really hard and getting suboptimal results the e-commerce e world is so big you know, mm -hmm. the three of us here have different specialisms so it's really good to say, well, I've got a problem saying page optimization and go to someone who really knows, knows how to do that. But of course, uh, it's part of a digital toolkit and depending on the shape, the nature of your business, it may be the right choice or you might need another digital solution. So you really, you have to understand this big picture, get a good plan and then go and deliver it. Mm. Do you, what would you recommend for, um, for businesses you need to prioritize where to start? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good question, Becky. And I think what you have to do is you have to come up and come up with a number of options. And then you can start to think, what could they be worth? So if this happened, that could happen. And say you have a good hunch that e-commerce could be a good idea. What I would say to that business is, okay, what is the simplest and cheapest way you can get online? And mm -hmm. uh, because remember, no idea survives contact with the customer. Put it out there test it and go from there you know one of the challenges when, when you're in a normal business operation you want to get things as, as perfect as you can which is good but obviously in a situation like this you don't know how it's going to work until you put it live so i would say it's test it but also it's looking at the nature of your business for some businesses something like a portal which locks customers in may maybe the better solution 
and look, there, there's loads of people who, who can help you through that process so engaging with that expertise does help mm-hmm. and I think that I think that what you're saying there about like the data and the testing that those two things go hand in hand don't they so Absolutely. um so you can use your data to to help you create a test and you can use your test to help inform your data um okay. yeah. things um and also the simple price point i mean you mentioned selling your bicycle online there um uh, and how much interest you had you know if you have if you have something similar for even for a larger business where you're like we have this one product available um and you get tons of interest and that tells you that that's that you should be selling more products and that you should be serving those those clients in another way. One of the things I would say to companies, especially selling higher value products, is the first bit you kind of have to push through. Because if if you're selling, say, something at two or three thousand pounds, most of us don't just go and say, hey, I'll just go and buy that. You go and look and look at it, you engage with it on site, and at this point, you know capture the customer's data, get them into a CRM funnel. You look at it and over time you buy it. And obviously, you know, there's the adoption curve. So the early adopters, they buy because it's innovative and exciting. But most people buy because they've seen someone else with it. So in those early stages, you do have to have some commitment till you get to those mainstream customers who have seen the guys you bought at the start and say, I want that. And once that's happening, you know, the upside, so you then got a business model. You come in on Monday morning, oh, there's £20,000 in the bank account, and you didn't even know it happened. So there is an upside, but it, it, it does take some determination at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I yeah, agree. I think, and I think that people, um, I think investment in e-commerce, investing in, e- in e-commerce almost always pays off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, and I think that if you, if you try something for a few months and it doesn't quite work, then... You know, you can. I think one of the other things that's great about about e-commerce is that you can adapt as you go along. So, I mean, I mentioned Facebook cam- campaigns and PPC campaigns and, and and SEO as well, but and also, you know, internal strategy. But you can because you're constantly getting data and you're constantly getting feedback from your customers online. You can adapt from that. So, if you're noticing that people from, which is something that happens quite a lot, but if you're noticing that people are joining your website looking at your products or trying to join your website from Facebook and let's say that that it takes a little a long time for them to get from Facebook to your website which happens a lot (laughs) um then you can sort of update that and so so that you can increase the the um you know the conversions from from that from that channel you know you can sort of uh you know if you're finding that people aren't 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 finishing their you know aren't completing the basket journey you know abandoning baskets you can adapt to that um, if you're finding that people are engaging with videos, you can say, well, we should make more videos. So you're constantly getting getting things that you can action on. So every, and I think that's one of the reasons why people, why everyone's using sort of agile techniques uh, a lot, because you can sort of do a burst and then, and then, you know, and then revise and then another burst and then revise rather than trying to do something that's a sort of three-year plan that, you yeah, know, definitely. That will, uh, need rewriting. I think one of the things I found really useful is that the data is great, but there's so much data. You're like, oh my goodness, I don't know where to don't know where to start. And one of the things I did was create something in a Google Data Studio and mm-hmm. find your key metrics. So you can straight away and say like, oh, PPC this month is driving a lot of conversions or SEO. And by doing that, you can start to focus on the areas which matter, and you have to know your funnel because. You only have so much time, so much development time, all those different things. So it's really trying to have that data stream come in a consistent way so you can see at a glance what's working and what you need to fix. Yeah, I think yeah. that point about funnel is so important. Um, that's something that I would always probably talk about when talking to an e-commerce client um, because you've kind of got that people getting to the site once they're on there how are they traveling through the site once they get to the checkout how are they getting through to the end and if you're mapping that all the time you can see at which bit people are falling off um and then you can you kind of know where to start remedying things because you know you you could do as much seo and ppc as you like and get lots of people to the site but then they could be the wrong people or they could be when you get on the site that your site's not set up to carry them through to the next part of the funnel um so yeah i think that's that's another place where data really is king that's so true and i think it's it's, it's i'm 
I might sound like, I don't know, it might be sacrilegious to say this, but traffic <laughs> is the end all be all. And as an SEO person, that's a funny thing to say, but I get a lot of people that, that, you know, they say, oh, we want to increase traffic. And I'm like, well, the thing about traffic is traffic is great, of course. Obviously, you want people to know that you're there. You want to get raise awareness and all of that sort of stuff. But, you know, you can't you can't pay your bills with clicks. Yeah. So, um, so what you so so I've had I've had clients before where we've had we've had traffic and decrease, actually. Um, but that our conversions go up way more because we were targeting the, the correct people because it might have been that we were that and actually this was a client that I took over from another from another agency but but when we when we took on the, the account we their their traffic went down but their their conversions went way up because they were trying to um, they were using a PPC PPC strategy that was attracting people for the wrong terms and we swapped the terms for something that was more appropriate cost less. Um, and generated way more leads. So I think over the course of the year, we saved them like 20 grand um, and got them twice as many leads um, uh, with, you know, with less traffic, which is, which sounds mad, but, um, but yeah, that it worked, it worked really well. Um, And, and I think that, yeah, the key metrics and learning which terms work for you, which terms convert for you, which channels convert for you are, it's it's so important. Um, You know, don't, don't look at someone else's metrics for your business, you should know what works for your business. And I expect you know, PPC done badly is literally throwing money in a bin. Um, <laughs> you have, well, but you know, you, 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 you and because of the way Google works, if you set it up badly, you, you can find yourself bidding on terms and you think that has got nothing to do with my business, but I'm, I'm spending five pounds. So investing in PPC expertise is yeah, kind of vital. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that we do as a team is, um, you know, Shenya, Shenya um, uh, in our team, she recently posted a, a, a blog, which is a sort of introductory sort of um, description of PPC, but we tend to tend to work in tandem. So she's in the PPC all the time, you know, making things work, mm-hmm. moving things around, um, updating all of this sort of stuff. And I will do the keyword research for her because I'm in the keywords in Google all the time. So so um so we tend to work in tandem so i'll support her with the people with the the keywords and she'll support it with the ppc and then we sort of and we also sort of cross back and forth so and that we find that that tends to work really well um for clients um and and you know it sort of it's it's it supports and i think for for e-commerce there's so many new there's so many different channels for um for ppc so there's search we're seeing a lot of really good results for um for youtube actually Mm. um because everyone's on youtube at the moment but um but you know youtube get when you if you do youtube ads um you get to keep the views as well and the the view they charge you per thousand views so it's extremely cheap um and you get a video in front of someone and you also get a link when you do when you do a youtube ad so we've been getting some really really good results with youtube ads um and um uh, yeah, so I think that there's there's so there's that there's also the the um, the Google Shopping, which is a fantastic uh, fantastic element, and Google Images has also started adding in a little button that says that says that something is a product mm-hmm. um, when you're when you're searching as well. So um, I mean, to, if I'm I'm sort of going into sort of my bits, if I can sort of go, expand a little bit. Crystal, start talking about SEO. Wow us. <laughs> so one of the things that I'm finding really good. For my for my clients, like I and um, I am I am I'm so into sitemaps. I get so excited about sitemaps. <laughs> Don't get me started. Um, and for one of my clients, we recently they had a lot of people will sell sell. But there will be there'll be clients that are selling other people's products, right? And they'll get they'll get the stock image from the supplier and they'll put it on. But if you're selling your own products and or if you have your own photography. Oh my goodness! If you don't have an image sitemap, um, and if you're not optimizing your images on your shop, you're really missing a trick because the the image the image search function on on Google is one of the most highly used um, search engines in the world. Um, so there's there's Google, there's there's YouTube, there's the image search search on on um, on, uh, on 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 Google. And I think that that we we I had a client where they did not have their images on their sitemap. Um, and so we updated that 
instantly saw their impressions go up. And this is particularly for an apparel apparel store. So, you know, people looking for like blue dress or something and they'll Google blue dress and then they'll scan. They'll look through all the pictures to see where the blue dresses are or whatever. And so they've got tons more clicks and tons more, um, tons more impressions. And they're, they're, um, and they think they're, um, and their clicks just shot through the roof instantly. Um, and that costs, you know, that that's a minimal cost. So, so the thing about SEO is that's, that's good. And PPC is fantastic because you can target and you can jump the queue. Yeah. SEO is really good because, because it's all the time <laughs> and it's for every single search. Um, and if your SEO is done well, and, um, then it's really, really useful. I think I mentioned, um, I had another client who's a very small client and I was looking up some, um, some, uh, terms for them for a blog. And I found that on this term, there were lots of, there were lots of, we had no chance of competing for, for um, page one for the blog itself. But in the images, there was nothing, there was nothing relevant in the images. So I made, uh, like I got on Canva and I like made this diagram to go with it and stuck that and, and, and marked it up and all that sort of stuff. And then we started ranking first on the images. And then we started ranking first on search with with a featured snippet. And this is a small business which, you know, um, and, and it sort of helps with the, with, um, things overall. So, so one of the things that I would say is like invest in your images. Absolutely. Um, if you can afford to do, to do an original photography, do it. Um, and you can use those, those images for, for not only for your website, but also for any print, also for any Instagram, also for any Facebook or any of, any of that sort of stuff, which is fantastic. Um, but make sure that your images are supported with alt text, uh, And also, um, also your sitemap if you've got original images. The other thing I would say um, is to um, make sure that you invest in your credibility, which sounds ridiculous. <laughs> it sounds so obvious to say, um, but making sure that you've got a, the, the number of, webs of e-commerce websites that I've been to that don't have their address on the, in their footer or their phone number or the customer service details or the delivery details or the returns details, um, like easily accessible and in the, in their footer for, you know, for transparency. Um, it, it's shocking. I'm, I'm always very surprised. And Ben, I can see you nodding. I don't know if you've come yeah. across this as well. Well, I think, you know, a, a couple of things just come out to me from what you're saying there, Crystal. I think one is learning. Um, and, and there's a challenge here that the rate of change I think it was about 2000 or something. The rate of change got faster than humans could cope with. Yeah. So you, you almost have to accept that you are never going to know everything, but have those connections to your networks or what, to, to be able to keep on top of those trends. Now, uh, the other point is, 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 is about trust. And to be honest, the only way to build trust is to set out to say the way we're going to operate is to serve the customer really, really well. And yeah. that comes through things like reviews, you know, there's there's lots of re review tools out there are really really good and almost you know when you do have a situ situation where it's not so good if you respond really really well to that the customer gets it and all of us if, if we go down there's 10 five stars and one two star and you can see a response to it you're like okay these guys are for real stuff does go wrong but they but they fixed it the other thing i would say um is you know if you're focused on a tight sector or tight specialism find the right influencers who are going to talk about your product in the language which that which that user group really engages with, mm. and you know a good influencer will pay back many times over. Yeah, and I think one thing that people often forget with regards to influencers and credibility um, and trust is that it's because is that um, your employees are also influencers um, and they, you know, they know the products, they will know the people. And this, this applies to e-commerce businesses, but it also applies to, um, to any sort of, you know, any, any business really, if you've got a waitress in your, in your, in your um, restaurant, for instance, you know, she knows the customer, she knows the menu, she knows the food. And if she's, and, and if she's happy to talk about it on, you know, whatever channel, whatever channels, then people that connect with her will, will also connect with your business. Um, you know, if you're, if you've got someone, particularly if you're talking about sort of like high price items, um, if people know a salesperson or someone from the team who it to be, you know, knowledgeable 
um, trustworthy, um, um, you know, friendly, <laughs> even like don't overlook that. That's super important um, and personable. That's that's so that makes it so much easier for them to approach, to get in touch, um, and to learn about to learn about your products. Um, and so so yeah, I think that the influencers are super important. And don't overlook your staff. Don't over, overlook your team, um, because because when people buy your product, they're also buying the investment in your team. And I think that um, you know these credibility points can be the difference. They can be the the difference between whether you buy from one one place or another. Um, if you've got two products that are exactly the same, if you know that one will do you next day delivery with no with no questions about returns, um, uh, then or, or you know they'll give you a one year warranty with with you know straight off the bat, um, you know they've got decent reviews, um, you know they've got they've got the, the all of the names and the details of their team on their website, or there's another website that has no that doesn't have any information about where they're based. Or you know what their what their returns policies are, or any of the, any of those sort of things. You're going to buy from the first team. You just are, um, you know. And I think if you're looking on like eBay is a classic example. Generally speaking, when you're buying on eBay, you don't really know the seller. Um, but if the seller has four thousand, four four thousand reviews, and their and the total sum is like four and a half stars, you're probably going to buy from that guy rather than buying from the guy who's got two three-star reviews yeah. and has only sold one product and 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 these are the sort of these are the sort of signals that we should be sending to to our clients of all of all levels and it does make a big difference so google has um this is something <laughs> google has something called quality rater guidelines which i printed out and it's approximately oh 170 pages um and it's and it's very my my copy is dog-eared and has, has gone through it and they spend a lot of time uh, making sure that you that talking about expertise, um, authority, and trust. And so, not having these credibility points can, you know, it doesn't take very long to write them. You've got them anyway. Just make sure that they're visible online, um, so that you can, you could, so that the internet can see how trustworthy you are. I'm sure you are trustworthy. <laughs> I'm sure you're fantastic. Um, just make sure that it's very, very, um, very, very clear because it will make the difference between a sale and not. Yeah, I think. You know, one of the points that comes to me is actually there's there's that mixture of online and offline. And if you're serving a specific community, finding places where you can connect with them face to face um, and through a mixture of you, you've got tools such as webinars and online events, but also offline offline events, because uh, particularly, for, for example, you know, I, I worked with a, a bike company and we, we, we doubled the turnover in, in, in 18 months. But one of the things we did there is we really became part of the world. We shared their passion. When they were going on a, a trip around their world on the bikes, you know, we would talk about their photos and engage with them. Uh, when I did the van stuff, there were certain shows where you could engage with those customers. And they were brilliant because you connect to the customer. They were also the best market research because you talk to the customer. You understand their, their, their problems. And it's really easy to think, oh, I understand their customers. But you have to listen to them. To put your yourself in their shoes and understand what works and what doesn't yeah i think it's kind of connecting that feedback loop isn't it so when you look at a customer they're they're not a, a linear journey you need to kind of take them through to purchasing the product and then find out how it was and have they got feedback for you do they want to leave a review and then you can loop that back around right to the start and look at your strategy again and go right is there anything from that feedback that we need to feed in here do we need to change anything should we adjust something add something new um yeah i, I think the ref reviews thing is definitely um something that everyone should be looking into and asking for from that absolutely and I think that when you're connecting with um, with uh, with your customers, either by online, via a webinar, or or um, via influencers, or that that sort of event, or even or even in person, um, the thing that I that, that I always comes back to me is backlinks. <laughs> so so SEO um, so SEO ranking and SEO authority, domain authority, um, you know, the kind of thing that will help you win a search results uh, position. Uh, help you win search result search result position places and placements, and will make the difference between whether or not you show before someone else or or not. Um, you know, backlinks are a big part of that. So, so you know, if you're doing those events where you're where you're going and you're meeting face to face, make sure that you get the links as well. Um, so, so and if you're holding the events, absolutely make sure that you're that you're getting the links. So, you know, if you've got let's say 
Um, you've got someone who's who's speaking at at um, at the uh, Optics Digital Trends conference, for instance. Um, you can get them to do to do blogging on your site. You can do some blogs on their site. They, you can post post that on you know post the event on various different links, linking things as well. I think for most um, e-commerce shops, I think one of the one of our e-commerce clients is um, Darts Farm. They do quite a lot of um, you know open days, tasting days. Um, that sort of that sort of thing where people are you know invited to come and and try the new sort of new cheese, <laughs> whatever it may be, or cooking or that sort of thing. Um, and you can you can incorporate that the you can incorporate those events into your online um, uh, elements and the reviews that you get from those events, the links that you get to to, to those events will all help your help your online presence um, as well as all of the the fantastic. Um, you know, in-person uh, market research that you can get from all of that. Um, and I think that, that the other thing that's great about it is it allows you to benefit from the event well after the, you know, you know you've put away all the canapes and all, and all of that. Um, so that's, it's just a really, really, really good opportunity. And I think not, not, not a lot of businesses have, or not all, every business has the capacity to, to engage with customers at events. Um, uh, so if you can, it is, it's, again, it's a, it's a, it's a point of difference, um, and it can put you ahead of the competition. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I'm just kind of watching the time, um, cause we're just kind of getting excited talking to each other at the moment. Um, so <laughs> if I was, I'm, I'm going to kind of put you both on the spot a little bit here. Um, so I'm going to make up a scenario. Um, <laughs> so if, because I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, businesses at the moment who are trying to start out in e-commerce um, and they're thinking, you know, I've been selling in my shop for years and it's really successful, but I, I need to make this change. So let's say that someone sells candles and like gifty things like photo frames and things like that. Um, so obviously that's all stuff that you can buy from Amazon. You can buy that from Tesco um, but you know you believe that your business is different because you're hand making these things and you know they're really like select chosen and how do you start small so you know you're a local business you've got a shop and you don't want to go in and compete with Amazon how how do you try and start to reach that local market and kind of launch your your shop online before you maybe try and grow it in the future Good question. Good question. You put us on the spot there. Um, now, I, I think one of the first things is you need to know what your story is. Because you told us an example. There's craftsmanship. There's passion. There's all those things which are going to make your candles different. So you're, you're not selling a candle. You're selling a whole story about what this candle is. So before you do anything, you don't need to spend loads of money. Doing this, you need to make sure your brand, in terms of your visuals, in terms of your tone of voice, reflects what you do. And then there's loads of ways to get the story story out out with that. Because you know, if you if you take you no know, chocolate, you can buy chocolate very cheaply, or you can go to Hotel Chocolat and spend mm. more on chocolate. It's all chocolate. Well, at least it claims to be. Um, yeah. so the, the, the brand is key, and then is of course it's absolutely getting that message out there. Local search, PPC, Instagram. But I know Crystal knows more about that detail than I do. Yeah, I mean, I would say that I would say it depends on your budget. Mm -hmm. So if I was if I was this candle maker, um, I, there must be a name for a candle maker. I can't remember. <laughs> what um, but if I if I was this candle maker and I had no money, <laughs> which I imagine there's there's you know things going on. There might be people who have who have less money than they normally would. If you don't have any money, um, but you do have time. Then, then you know, time is money. Time is worth money anyway. Um, so you can use you can use various different things. So I would say um, I would say that it's worth making sure that you've got a website, um, but I, which you might be able to do it on your own. But the other thing I would say is that is that you should invest in content. Um, so writing content and creating content. So writing writing content about your products and about your journey, about yourself, about where the where the ingredients come from, about all of those USPs that make your product so fantastic. Write that content, make video content, make mm. make uh, make photo content, um, and then I would say that socials is, is quite a good place to start. And and also start with your with your networks. And this is something that applies to businesses of all sizes. So you want to build you want to build backlinks. You want to build a network of support um, because the internet is a web. 
right? So you want to make sure that your web stretches far and wide. Um, so, so you know, think of of all of the different groups that you make. So let's say you're let's say you're an art, artisanal candle maker. Are you in any candle making groups? Are you in any candle making organizations? Um, did you go to candle making school? Um, <laughs> that, that sort of thing. So all of these people are all of these things are, are relevant, and that's relevant if you're if you're um, you know, if you're a solicitor, if you're if you're a candle maker, if you are um, if you're a, a clothing designer. So, you know, if you're Calvin Klein, then you will have gone to you will have gone to design school. You know, you will know photographers, you'll know, you know, all of these different people. Um, so ev all of the and, and the other thing is today, everyone is online and mm -hmm. everyone has an opportunity to help you connect with more people online. Um, so, you know, via, via social media, via, you know, your mom can, can help you sell your candles. Um, and, and so, so yeah, so make sure that you're, you're picking up on all of your, all of your connections. So one thing that I, that I often do with clients, particularly when we're looking at backlinks um, and also social media plans is look at yourself and look at all of the different ways that you are you, right? So you're a candle maker, um, you're a Devon business, you're a small business, you are an independent business, you're, let's say you're organic, you're, um, uh, you know, it's handmade, like, like Ben was talking about, um, all of these different things, all of those different, all of the different ways that you are you and all of the different, different ways that you're special, um, and find a way to, that, to connect with someone else online for all of those points. Um, and that might be via social media, that might be via blogs, that might be via videos, it might be that you could you could join on, on a podcast, it might be that you could, um, you know, join a network. I'm in a network of, of women in technical SEO that is a world, that's worldwide, and, you know, I've, I've connected with people, with some of the best SEO experts in the world via this network, and it's really, really, really useful. Um, and, you know, I've, we've also built, you know, I've helped build my, uh, you know, Build credibility or build visibility for myself and for my business or for for the for our business <laughs> and also to um and also to sort of connect with other people and learn more about about what what I want to do and become an expert and that's that's the same for any business of any size um so I think that I think that you know think about your connections the internet is all about connections um when google crawls your website they are they're crawling they're crawling links so they go from link to link to link to link to link so one of the things we always do is get rid of all of the 404s which is when where the you know the, the robot comes up against the brick wall that's where, where it stops google doesn't like that they like everything to sort of be connected so build up your links build up your connections uh, that's what i would say great thank you um, <laughs> and then for our kind of final um part um I want to kind of flip the scenario completely the other way. So now I work at Yankee Candle. Um, other candles are available. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I um, source to different shops and, you know, send out, but now I want to really try and start selling Yankee Candles properly online. I don't know if they do this, they might do already, but let's just say that they do it kind of um, in the background, but they haven't really focused on it. How do you then take something which is like already established and it already exists and there's loads of kind of background to it already, but now you really want to push it? What's what's the first couple of things that you kind of think about and look at? You go first, I can pick up. Um, so no worries. Okay, so so for a bigger brand that already has some some traction, actually this is really similar to to a brand I've been working with right now. Um, if you already have some, if you already have a presence online, but you want to take it to another level, um, then it's really good to do an audit of what you've got going on already, um, and to assess where there are opportunities. So for instance, let's say you've you are a brand that normally sells to shops and people like so you have a customer base that likes your products, but maybe don't buy from you. Um, you will be connected to them. They will follow you on Facebook. They'll follow you on Instagram. They'll follow you on Twitter. They will know your brand. Um, they they will have reviewed your products on on um, on you know various on various websites and all of that sort of thing. Um, you know, uh, Revu or Trustpilot or Amazon even. Um, so they'll know they'll know your product and and that 
and and you might even have a mailing list. Um, and all of those people are all potential customers because they all already know you and they're all advocates of you. Um, and so, so what I would do is that just if you're planning to sell online, create and make sure that you've got an offer, something to tell them about. So let's say it's, I don't know, 20% off, or we've got a brand new website, or now we're selling direct to you, or you can buy in bulk, or we're doing special delivery, pick something, find something <laughs> that's worth telling them about and shout about it on all of your, on all of your channels. Um, the other thing I would, I would do with regards to the audit is particularly if you're if it's a new channel for you make sure that that the website that you have the place where you're sealing the deal where people are actually making the purchase is up to as up to scratch so make sure that that people can get through all of the channels as you were saying becky um yeah. and make sure that that people there aren't any you know that it's frictionless it's a frictionless transition um for them for people to buy directly from you um, and I think for instance, for our client that I had, they, they were spending a lot of, of effort on PPC and then with all of the, with all of the changes and, you know, the global pandemic, blah, blah, blah. Um, they decided that they wanted something that didn't have a sort of up and down, uh, spend. So we put money, money in SEO. So they were doing stuff on, on, um, on PPC and then they, they had a sort of standard easy, um, level on SEO and we've seen incredible results from them. Um, absolutely just rocking um and uh they're they're now up i think 12 percent um and crawling uh, or you know and climbing for you know on their on their q1 earnings um and um uh, and all of q1 even though we're not all done with q2 so um so yeah we we basically took a channel that was sort of that was sort of petering around and we supercharged it with optimization and and if you have an established brand you'll know how people interact with your website you will have all of the data and that is the that is the um that is the advantage that you'll have over people who are completely new to the market is that you'll have data you'll be able to remarket to people um because you'll have analytics from people who visited your website just to learn about the brand yeah. so you'll be able to remarket to them really really easily um so yeah use use all of the tools in your toolbox Okay, so I think this this approach this hits a really thorny challenge for a lot of businesses. If you have lots of resellers who have invested in your brand and it's successful, they don't want you to sell direct because they've invested in this and it's working. And you have a real a real challenge there. The other thing, if you're doing that, your competencies as a business are probably serving those resellers and making candles. So you're going to have to be quite smart here because you're doing new stuff uh, and you don't want to damage those resale channels. And I, if I was running that business, I would say, fine, can we create a sub brand, which maybe we create the handmade candles. So you've got an exclusive individual brand, which is part of your wider thing. So you're not competing direct with your resellers and then find the tribe you're going to go after because candles is massive. Some people buy candles for light, some people buy them for atmosphere and experience. So I would be thinking, could we create a different brand? Could we start on a bit of a minimum viable product with that? You also absolutely need to work really hard to keep those resellers on site, to keep mm. those relationships going. And then obviously you can use that new brand to learn, to learn all the new skill sets of selling online, to build those new competencies. So in some ways you're protecting the existing business but you're getting ready to a shift to a new world. Um, and you're also learning skills in branding at the same time. So I think that's the, that's, that's the way I would uh, approach Yankee Candle. <laughs> Great, thank you. Um, okay, so we are pretty much um, at time. Um, is there anything final that either of you are absolutely bursting to get off your chest? <laughs> Um, just that if you if you don't if you don't have a shop and you do have a product you should absolutely get one. Um, so if you don't have an online online shop um, but you do have a product you can absolutely get one. And there's a couple of ways to do it. Um, so as well as so some people might think oh we don't have a, a shop where we can sell online. There are other ways that you can sell online. So some people sell directly through social media platforms, but also some sometimes you can do and we've done this at Optics for a few clients where we've added on a shop. For people so you don't have to build a completely new website you can build a shopping portal for your for your existing website and i think that um i think that the client that you were working with before um then did a similar thing um and it allows you to sort of keep your website um 
working as normal, but also to to um, to create a shop. Um, and if your shop is not optimized for mobile and your um, your general um, web presence isn't op optimized for mobile, then you should absolutely do that because um, even even clients that I've seen who are traditionally all desktop are way 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 more on mobile now, and Google ranks you on your mobile index. So we'd definitely go with that. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think for me is you know. Uh, whether it be an online shop or an experience which ties your customers in or makes their lives easier, you need to think about your digital offer. Um, it's a hard challenge for many businesses, but if you look at Toys R Us, if you look at Monsoon, if digital disruption is happening. It is happening in the market. So I think it's looking at your offer. It's looking at the journey your customer takes, whether you're B2B, whether you're B2C and your business, and saying, what type of digital strategy is going to help us start small, test it, prove it, and then over time, you become, you know, as people say, digitally native. Brilliant. Okay. Um, and I think my kind of um, final thought um, is going to be around uh, the customer journey, I think. So um, once you've kind of got your positioning and you've got your people to your site, um, really think about what they want when they get there. So you know, do they want information? Do they want the story part? Do they want to be able to get straight through to the checkout? Um, it's that thing, I think of what you said, Crystal, about being frictionless. Um, you, you want to get people through the journey that either you want them to go on or they want to go on um, as easily as possible. So really think about that. Um, I think that's us done. Um, so uh, with our Optics TV themes, um, so obviously this theme is e-commerce um, we are trying to produce additional content around that so um, make sure you have a look um, for any blog posts that we're doing on e-commerce um, i'm currently writing a case study for an e-commerce um, client of ours as well um, and uh, yeah you, sh you should kind of see a little bit more um, of us uh, talking with ben as well at some point in the future so um, thank you both for joining us um, and um, yeah, this conversation will be um, available on our podcast, which is Optics Talk, um, as well as on our YouTube video as uh, YouTube channel as a video. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you very much uh, to everyone who's listened and joined us, um, and we'll see you all again soon. Thank you. Hello, me again. I hope you found that interesting. You can subscribe to our Optics Talk podcast to be notified when the next episode comes out if you want to. And you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch future live streams or videos. If you want to be a guest on one of our conversations, please email info at opticsolutions.co.uk with either Optics Talk or Optics TV in the subject line. See you next time.